You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. Yes. 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 You have you just stepped into, into, into the world, world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we on location at Thomas Jefferson High School. And I'm with my guy, Lawrence Bud Pollard, the veteran coach and championship coach at Thomas Jefferson. What's up, Coach? What's up, man? How you doing? How you hey, doing, man? Anything good, man? Yeah, I, I got, I, like, I'm a journalist now. I've <laughs> known this guy for over 30-something years, so we're going to play like we don't know each other. Oh, man, I watch the show, so I know who you are, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Coach, who introduced you to the game? Well, who introduced me to the game? I think, I want to say old man Chico at Victory Church. Chico. Chico. Oh, Bob, Mar Marvin on my block took me to old man Chico. I was playing with old man Chico and Itchy Bob. Wow. Victory. Yeah, Itchy Bob, yo, salute. Two legends. Brooklyn legends, for Itchy sure. Itchy Bob and Chico. Wow. Where you come from in Brooklyn? I'm from Bad Style. I live on Halsey and Notion. Live on the same block as Gerald Green growing up, so he kind of was my role model who I wanted to be. Like, you know, and, you know, again, not too far from boys and girls in the Pearl thing. That's right. And, and, and you was right down the block from your junior high school. You became a legend now. Oh, yeah, 258. 258. The, the junior high school battles was legendary with 35 and, and 263 and the Brownsville guys and 265 from Fort Greene. We had to have some wars. Man, listen, I, I heard about this kid. Everybody's like, yo, Bud's killing 258. You got, because 258 is right around the corner from my brother's house. Yeah. And <clears throat> you go to the game and watch this kid. This kid was tall, but his jump shot was mean. Like, early on in the eighth grade. Like, he was like one of the top eighth graders in the city. I know you know him as a coach. But my guy had game. And this is yeah. why he's able to give it to the kids now, man. What was it like in eighth grade growing up, man? And it was fun. I mean, it was fun, and we... And, you know, when I got to eighth grade, well, when I started middle school, I started playing Riverside Church. So I was around a lot of great players from young. And then we just played ball. You know, I got on the train half the time with no money, snuck on the train, get to your games. I'm playing at M-Core, Citywide, LaGuardia House, all over New York City, man, wow. just playing ball. And them, them days was the best, just ball all day. That's right, man. How, how old were you when you was traveling on the train going to all was, of these places? I started places? like I was like 11, 12, going all the way to Manhattan by myself. I was the only one in my, out of all my friends, I was the only one who took the ball serious. So, you know, and I, you know, Gerald Green's walking around with the Riverside jackets. I wanted one of those and be a part of what he was doing with the traveling and all the notoriety that he was getting with basketball. So I took my talents on that train every day, the A to 59th, the one train to 116th. Listen, parents, listen. And this goes for you coaches too on ball players. He was traveling at 11 years old. We talking about the 80s, it's crazy. I know we, 2020, but it was just as crazy in the 80s. And if you want it and you dream it, you gotta go for it, all right? So, at, coming up, Joe Green was the best guy in your neighborhood, the best player? Yeah, the best player in the neighborhood. But he was the guy. And that's who you looked up to? I looked up to him right around his prime and high school and everything. He was the guy. Mm. So when you was coming up in eighth grade, who were some of the guys that you battled against? You know, against the, the Flames, the Marberries and those guys, the Coney Island Flames and the guys from Fort Greene. You know, I remember those with, over there at St. Peter Claver's. There's yes. a lot of wars over yes, there. definitely. And we played, we played in, the, in, in the white guy's CYO. We played, we played in that CYO a little bit. And it, there was a lot of guys, there was a lot of guys that didn't make it. I mean, Maymo and those guys from Brownsville, a lot of tournaments in Brownsville and Bessie Head Pool. So it was a lot of players. But as we got older, 
guys started disappearing. I guess they started getting into other things. And by the time you get to high school, I'm thinking about a whole lot of guys who never ever played high school ball that was better than just as good as me or should have been playing. But somewhere along the line, you know, something else piqued their interest and they went, they went a different way. Yeah, it, it was a, uh, a lot of traps back then for us to get into. And um, I think for, for guys like yourself and myself who stayed focused and stayed the course, to get us to where we at right now, man, I just want to say salute to you, man, because I, I know it was hard, man. It was hard, but I, I love the game. Like, I remember, like, trying to get the golden hoops, sneaking golden hoops. I remember when there was a Doc Turner Classic at um, City College. Right. And I wanted to sneak up there to see Chris Books play. Whoever who ended up taking me to college, being my, um, um, when he was a senior, when I was a freshman at West Virginia. Okay. So watching those guys play up at, um, in City College and different tournaments all around the city. I love to go watch guys. I remember, I remember when I was younger, we used to go watch True Carter play out in, um, in, in Queens. I remember him and Boo Harvey and those guys. So I a lot of times I'll be traveling on the train just to go watch those guys play. Climbing on the gate, watching those guys that sold in the hole. I just love the game, you know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, you was definitely one of those guys. I like to see him everywhere at all the games because when he was finished playing, we played. Or when we played, he was, you know, their team was about to play. But coming up in the city, we had a lot of different high schools that we could choose to go to, right? And he said he grew up in Bed-Stuy, but I'm quite sure he could have went to Bishop Lachlan, oh, St. Yeah. Ray's, Tallentine, which well, was a, a Riverside school. What made you go to the high? Well, I actually went to, end up, I went to Western House for six weeks, I mean six months. I was in Western House because, you know, the Breaking Hirsch. Breaking news. From, oh, I was there with Hirsch. Hirsch, I, I, was, I, was, I got in bed with Hirsch. I got real close to Hirsch and the Jewel Green thing. And I ended up going to Western House, but I didn't like riding the train. I didn't like it down there. Then it was a big, I almost got killed and Keith, Keith Strout saved my life, man. We was, we was down there, we went, to, we went to Erasmus and it was just, you know, them guys waited for us after the game. And I was like, you know what? I wanna, I wanna be at the high, I wanna walk to school. I wanna be in a neighborhood school. And I didn't like Western House like that. I ended up, Jay-Z was in my class in Western House. Wow. So I went to school with him. He was in my class, I remember that. But it was cool, but you know, the high was more for me. You know, the, the coaching was better. You know, I just felt more connected with Brown than the Turk. And um, I just, the whole thing, everything about the program. I don't think Turk was the type of coach that, he wasn't really traveling, even though that year I was there, we was good. Mm -hmm. And um, we had Hassan and Shane and that's all right, those guys, right, Magic. Right. And we were, we was loaded, you know what I'm saying? But I just wanted to take my talents to the high, you know? Yeah, and, and from what I know, uh, Hassan told me first, and then Gerald Green told me, and then Keith kind of confirmed it, that Turk wasn't really a coach. He was more of a teacher that kind of coached on the side. So yeah. guys didn't really practice, and there was no real program. He had great players, but he didn't install a, a, a program that Paul Brown had. Yeah, you know, exactly. and I didn't even know that until they told me. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, and you know, it's like a lot of coaches today, like especially in the public school system. If you have yes. the license and you coach, and you know, it's, it's good money in there. Like, you know, if you coach in high school basketball now, it's like fifty-three dollars an hour when you work in procession. So, if, if you, excuse me, if, if you're in the building, you got the license, you'll take the job. But everybody's not in it. No, and, no. and the kids suffer for it at the end of the day. Sure. Now he don't mean no no harm. But that's just the way things were because I always question how did we beat Westerhouse every year in the first round when they had better teams than us. Mm -hmm. um, but we have Bobby Hartstein, right? Mm -hmm, you always have a, a, a good coach behind you, which you have become now, but we're going to get into that later. How was your years at the high? Oh, my years at the high was great, man. I thought it was a lot of better players. Like you said, I, was, I kind of listened to your story about you making a team and my freshman year, Brown brought me in there and I didn't play because I played at I played at Western House. Right. Then I ended up going to um, but I saw I didn't play the um, second half of the season because I had transferred. But I'm walking in that building. It was the first year Mick was there. Yes. So and he Mick, kicked everybody out. Everybody. <laughs> so I'm about the best player. I thought two of the best players in the school was like Woofy, yes. Carmelo Anthony, brother. I yes. I played with them at Visitation Hawk and Red Hook. You know, God bless. Um, um, I forget his name. Um, coach, what's in the, with the glasses? The white guy with the glasses. Murray, Coach Murray, you know, yes, guys, yes. And all those guys. And Coach Ed, I would play out there in Red Hook with them all the time. And um, I would love to know how they doing. But anyway, 
um, like it was Woofy and Artie Lawyer. Artie and Woofy was like the best two players in the school, and they wasn't on the team. Nuki, I thought Nuki is one of the best guards. Nuki, Nuki Baby was like Pearl. Baby Pearl. <laughs> yes, I'm like, yo, yes. all these guys on the team, like. I ain't making this team brown, but he I was on the team and for whatever reason he wasn't on the team. And then Obet Vasquez Trees yes. we talked about. Yes. And, and um a lot of these guys we had to play at Riverside and we took that long train ride home. And that was, those was epic on that train coming from Riverside Man. after practice. And um but those guys never made it. And Mick kicked all those guys out. Yes. Yes. My guy Ra, hope you don't mind me telling this, uh was part of that crew. That Mick and, kicked out? Yes. Right? And it's my guy, Ty Law, father. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? This is why he makes sure his son go on the right route. Yeah. Right? The guard, Ty Law. Yeah, all right. He told me, he's like, yo, I was part of that crew when Mick came in, and he kicked everyone out. That's and these are a lot of my friends, from. man. He kicked the whole Brevoort, Jackie Robinson, Albany Projects out of school. If he wasn't doing the right thing. Now, you were saying that you don't know how you made the team, but a lot of those guys wasn't as herald as you coming out of junior high school. Let's yeah. say that, okay? He was one of the first dudes in New York City who was like herald in the eighth grade besides like the Kenny Andersons, Stephon Marbury, Brooklyn. Bub they, was definitely one But you of know, them. the funny thing, they even called me future. I was the first future. That's right. That's I was right. The first, I was the future before Malloy. We knew, we used to call you future yep. instead of Bud. That was, everybody called me. Then when I went to Riverside, Anton Merchon, I, I think him and Floyd, those guys, they used to call my house, and my grandmother was sounding country, so the Riverside guys used to call me country. Wow. So they all called me country because the way my grandmother sounded, the accent, I had a little bit of that in me too, being right. around my grandmother. But yeah, so they used to call me future, then country, and you know what I'm saying? But I was the first future. Wow. Mm -hmm. Who helped you develop that sweet jump shot, man? I don't know, I just went in the park and a lot of times I was in the park by myself. So when you by yourself, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you dribble, but I either love to shoot. I either love to shoot. And I knew when I played with the, when I played with the, when you got to the park and they picked me to play with the older guys, I couldn't go in there. Gotcha. So I had to stand outside. In order for them to keep picking me, I had to do something, bring something to the table. Right. So I know I was shooting that ball, bop. And then back in the days, you know, I, it was no hot, it was hot, no fan, nothing. My girl, I would be in that park all night drilling that ball. So that was one thing I love to do, is just shoot all night. And we didn't really have nothing on TV like that. You stay outside, you That's hang right. out, you know, like. Four channels. You know? listen, back, back then, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you, go, when you went to the park back then, if you didn't get picked, you waited all day. You have to wait all day till everybody leave to play. It was important that you had your game up to par so the older guys would pick you and you will learn how to play and develop your game playing with the older guys. And this is why he was one of the best shooters in the city around the time when he was in high school. All right? So let's move to the years when you, you started coming to your own at the high. What year was that? Yeah, well, pretty much my sophomore. My sophomore year I was playing, I was starting. We had Sean Trotman, a few of those guys. We had, a pretty good, we had a pretty good team. And then playing with Riverside and that year in five-star, Going into my sophomore year in five star, I had a great I had a great summer and a great five star at the end of the season. At the end of the summer, ended up scoring like forty something in the in the developmental league uh -huh. um, all star game. I started getting recruited, and I remember the first coach that called me was Calipari. You know, he's the first coach that called my called my house, and I was ecstatic. I like wow, and I started getting all the smell. And then he um then he called me again and told me he was leaving Pitt and he was going to UMass. Right? So this is my sophomore year. So then, you know, I was cool with Billy Baino, you know what I'm saying, because of the Hirsch. Hirsch right, had right. me around a lot of these guys. And, and, um, I really, then I, and once I started getting recruiting after that summer, I just, the rest was history. He mentioned this guy named Hirsch. Hirsch was a special ed teacher at Westerhouse that loved basketball. And he would take his time to expose guys like myself but future, uh, you can name them. The, the, we could go for forever. Jason Williams, Sweet yeah. P. Everyone played yeah. with Lloyd. I mean, with uh, Hirsch. And he would take us up to Saratoga Springs. We would play against the prison team. The prison teams. I got about eight stitches right here from that game. Okay. And, and his partner was this guy named Richie the Fixer. We'll get to that another time. Oh, yeah, Richie the 
And Ron and Clario was his man. That's how I know. That's, a, that's right, those yeah, three. So, so I, I used to, I met Ron in like seventh grade, him and Hirsch at the junior high school tournament. I became in, tight with Hirsch. Yes. I was like my guy. Yes. That's why I do the Hirsch Classic every year. That really means a lot to me. Hirsch, Hirsch was a guy who did a lot for me as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Exposed me to a lot of stuff. And exposed me to people that I didn't know about then, that's who right. they were in society, but looking back at it, I'm like, wow, this is what Hirsch was involved with and who he knew, but we talk about that off camera. Oh, it's <laughs> crazy. Look, he was the first guy to take me to my first nice restaurant. And let me just oh, yeah, this experience. He... We used to show up to the restaurant sweaty in uniforms and go to the nicest restaurants. And the restaurant would be packed. The people would come out with tables like the mob movies and bring us tables and set us up. It was amazing. Okay. But, we, but speaking of mom, I heard was kind of connected. I heard was one of them Jewish Ooh. guys I think that was kind of connected. We gonna talk about that yeah. another time. Yeah, we talk about oh, that another God. time. So, but he did, he did show us, he did do a lot for us and yes. take us, expose us to a lot of different yes. things. And he was married to a black woman who's also educated, but he also educated us you know, you know, about a lot of different things about life, and I, I really appreciate the role he played in my life as a coach and a teacher. No I, doubt, and, and I was one of the lucky ones who played from Lincoln because my coach always told us to stay away, and I'm the only guy who kind of stayed, so. So you told Hirsch, you to man. stay away from Hurst? Yes. But he was tight with Kurt, and, Hirsch and was and tight with Jack Ringo. Yes. He was real tight with Jack Ringo. But that's, then, that's another story yeah. we'll get to. <laughs> There's so much history right here, all right? So, let's, let's get to the, Question of the night. Who asked did you bust in the city like oh. you thought that you was one of the best guys in the city during that time? Oh man, I was I mean it was it was back then it was so many players. So man. let me pull up the articles. You know what I'm saying? And I was I was looking through a lot of the articles and and I was looking at um Ephraim. We said like he was mad he was the McDonald's All American, but it was so many players and in my senior year I didn't make all city because we we got upset by Ephraim and them. So Ephraim and What's in it? And Big Hector made it, you know what I'm saying? So I was like second team, you know, because there were so many players. Right, right, And, we, and you right. had to give it to them because they ended up beating us. We beat them every year. And the reason we lost that game, I had about 25, I, and I, I missed two free throws, and they went on a little run, and I just didn't finish the game. And that haunt me to this day. And my high school coach brought that up to me 10, 15 years ago. He said, yeah, bud, you, you, we should have won that year. That was my year, and you, you missed those free throws. He brought that up to me like 20 years later, and that's bothered me. But we had we had six Division One players on that team. Right. Myself, Mike Pollard, Will Davis, seven two. He went to Miami, and Wolford Wolford He was on that team, but he had got thrown out. So Mick, I had got rid of him. So he didn't end up playing, which would have helped us because James Hector kind of dominated us. But we had six Division One players on my high school team as a senior. Wow. So we had six, but I mean, far as guys who I played against. Like I took a lot of L's and I gave a lot of I gave I took some buckets but I gave a lot of buckets. But I was a I was a I was a really good defender. You know what I'm saying? On my Riverside team, you have five McDonald's All Americans. You know what I'm saying? You had Reg, you had the Reese's, you had the Aunt K, who's like KD, who was the best player. Yes. He was MVP. And then went, and we had Khalid a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of players. He took my Aunt Pell, Chanel Scott. You know you had so well, many. I'm seeing tomorrow. I gotta bring your picture, Chanel. Yeah. So we had so many players that was good. I mean, that Big East players, Lee Green, God bless the dead, like from day, and we all played each other with each other from young, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we, you know, we, I had to stop a lot of guys. I always, I always knew I was going to play because I had to guard the Grant Hills, the uh, Penny Hardaways, the, 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 the Bobby Hurleys and those guys. So I knew, I said, I'm going to play because I'm going to guard those guys. That's so right. I guard, that was my hold on, hold on. Did, listen, did you hear what he just said? When you are a ball player, you want the smoke. You want to be involved. Why hold the dude who ain't shooting? You hear the guys he was holding? He wanted the smoke. And that's the difference when you're a ball player. You want to be involved, whether it's offense or defensively. What were the schools that started recruiting you after your senior year? My senior year, I had, I was down to, um, I had Texas Tech, and we went out to Lubbock. Mm -hmm. They liked me, and we played out there, and um, they liked me. And we played on their campus because back then you played on their campus. Yes. So it was down to them, Rhode Island. I like Rhode Island. They had Carlos Easton, a lot of the guys. So Abdul Fox, Dre Samuel, a lot of us from this area right. went there. But you know, but then I have I have West Virginia, 
had Florida State, God bless the dead, Eggman was there. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of St. John, they took Lee Green, so, you know, it was, it was a lot going on. And, um, but my, my, my last three schools was, uh, it was Maryland, Florida State, and um, West Virginia. And when I went on that West Virginia trip, you know, I kind of looked up to Chris Brooks as well. He's gotcha. from the Bronx, Ron Brown from the gotcha. Bronx. You know, Roger McCready was recruiting me a little bit from, um, he was recruiting me, he was at Maryland. Mm. And, um, and those three was my final schools, you know? Actually Rhode Island too. I was considered in Rhode Island and Rutgers, but those three was my main three. So, so Chris Brooks had a, a hand in bringing yeah, you to West Virginia. Yeah, because I was, I, you know, I looked up there. He was the guy. I remember going to Doc Turner just to see him right. play for Oak Hill when Oak Hill came to town. And Doc Turner was like the biggest, one of the biggest tournaments in the country at City College. You know what I'm saying? That tournament was off the chain. So, um, so I ended up going there. Chris Brooks picked me up, drove me to school my first year. You know, and you know, it was a good experience. I had a great time down there in West Virginia. Cool, cool, cool. Do, do you want to elaborate more on, on what happened? At, at oh, oh, yeah, you know, my career didn't go as, 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 as like I planned. You know, after my sophomore year at the NCAA tournament, me and my, me and my, um, my friend Wilfred from Brooklyn, my, like my, my best friend, we was going back to school and I had a bad car accident. And, you know, he ended up, he was like 6'11", you know what I'm saying? And um, he lost his leg in an accident. I shattered my hip and, my, and our careers was basically over. And um, we stayed in school, they paid for the school. I was on the team. I was able to still be on the team, practice and be around the guys, but I wasn't well enough to help the guys. And um, I was supposed to come back as a junior, as a starter. We were supposed to build off that NCAA year and um, it never happened for me, you know? So I stayed there, I got my degree and they, you know, they liked me. And it's, and it's important for kids to understand it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice mm. for people to like you because they paid for my grad school. They got me in the School of Medicine, so I got my master's from the West Virginia School of Medicine. And um, they paid for everything, so I got two degrees for free, came back to the town felony free, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm blessed. And then when, you know, I take, when I take the team up there for team camp and tournaments, they roll out the red carpet for me until this very day. And we go back and man, you know, I have a great relationship with Huggins and they, they take care of us. You know, and Wolfie wasn't able to continue to play on the team. Eventually, they tried to save his leg, but it, after a year, they just cut it off. But I didn't know he, but so he's around, he's doing well now. You know, and it's a funny thing, I haven't spoken to him, and you know, you know life, life takes you different places yes, and, yes. and there's basketball. And I just seen him on, um, what's the guy named from Wallow on Gorilla, the, the thing, the two Philly guys? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Wallow 267 yeah, Gilly the Kid. Yeah, when he got kicked, when he, he, you know, I just seen him drinking out of boot on his show. Really? With Rashid Wallace taking shots out the boot. So I thought that was funny, wow. I called him up. And it made me think I need to do a better job of reaching out to guys. And so during this pandemic, I tried to reach out and reconnect with a lot of guys. You know, since I know we busy and life and basketball takes you takes a lot of your time up, but um, that, that experience in West Virginia taught me a lot, you know, because you never know when, you, when, it, when the ball comes out the air for you, because it comes out the air for us all, but I didn't expect it to go out that way, you know? Right. I didn't expect it to go out that way. Well, I, I, I kind of wanted you to, to elaborate. I didn't want to dig deep if you didn't want to, because I know it's a very touchy situation, oh, yeah. but it's a lot of lessons that can come oh, out definitely. of this. Oh, it's, definitely. It's a big part of my life, and, you know, and I never thought I would be here coaching. You know, I didn't plan on being a coach. I love the game. I love, I love going to the games and watching guys and watching Tiny and Roof and those guys coach and Todd Miles and those guys, but I never wanted to do that. You know, I enjoyed watching them. And then I got here by accident. My principal was working at 174, who, had, who was working with me at 302. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, come over here and coach my team because the new principal that came, he wasn't into sports and he was giving me a hard time. So I was volunteering. I was like, well, I don't need the stress. To something I'm volunteering to do. So, you know, so when she called me over here, you know, we didn't have a gym, so I started working that gym over there, the other gym. So the AD and the coach at the time came to see me like a couple of days working with the kids. So they walked up to me one day and said, hey, we need a coach here next year. We think, would you like to coach here and try high school coaching? I said, let me think about it. So I thought about it. I called Cell up to Cell. I got this job. I want you to be the assistant. We're going to start a JV program and get it rocking. And then um, I came here my first year. And um, hold on, hold on. Because he's saying it like all oh, this was here. He nah. said, he's saying this like oh. he, he was walking into something great. Oh, nah. But that's, but I'm gonna get to that. I'm, I'm gonna get to that. When we, when we, when we took it, you know, I didn't know what to expect because, you know, 
and it's, it's a learning experience. But I, didn't yes. under, I didn't understand my coach and the coaching aspect of it in college, high school, until I started coaching. So now I was able to go to my teammates and some of my friends and my peers like, hey, coach wasn't bugged. Because everybody think the coach is bugged. We don't understand. I never understood in my adult years until I started coaching. Right. Then I realized what it takes and what, and what, what coaches have to go through and what they do. Because I say, you know what? When I went to college, I wanted to do accounting or something. But I was like, oh, this is too much. This is too hard. I don't want to do this. I'm going to be a phys ed teacher like Coach Brown. But Coach Brown was cool, phys ed. Didn't like he worked hard. He was right, always right, chilling. Right. <laughs> but I mean, once I started you know, coaching that first year, I was like, wow. And then it sucked me in. It sucked me in. I went in both hands, head, and both feet. So, And when we came here, we had a lot of work. And one of the things we had to change the culture. We had, you know, Jefferson had a lot of winning history and tradition, but that all that faded over time. So people forgot about all these champs and all these different sports and draft picks and Heisman Trophy winners. They forgot about all this. And um, so I had to come back, change everything, the culture here from the facility. We had the worst facilities, the worst schools. So I said, yo, in order for us to be the best, we got to make everything better here. So we had to come in here and revamp everything for all the facilities. That's why I took you on the tour, showed you our locker room. Wanted to make sure we had the best locker room, the best uh, everything, the best game day set up from the chairs to the tables, you know, to the lights on the backboard, to the, both gyms. We got both gyms done. Listen, he not, he not talking. This is like a Catholic school. I've mm -hmm. been to Catholic schools and everything is just laid out. And people, when we get down to that weight room, in the locker room he personally built, y'all gonna see the hard work that went into bringing back one of the greatest high school basketball programs in New York City history. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, and, and, and people, don't, people don't understand, there's a lot of talent that went through here, like in, all, in all sports, you know, from Sean Dunstan, who was the first, the only player in New York City to be the first pick in the Major League Draft, I think. Wow. He, he walked in here one day. I remember Sid Green walked in here with some people from Chicago Bulls. So a lot of times people come back and want to come back and see the old neighborhood right. and show people where they went to school, a lot of different things. And, you know, as we travel around the country, we meet people and they say, hey, I went to Jefferson. Like, I didn't know, um, what's the coach name that was, that he does ESPN game day now, um, Seth Greenberg. Yes. You know, Red, Red from Syracuse, Adrian Autry said that Seth Greenberg's father played here and his mother was a cheerleader here. Yes. You know what I'm saying? My coach, Bobby Hostin, went to Wait, Thomas Jefferson. He said he got the Jefferson. To Tony, and looked yeah, up to Tony Jefferson. Yeah, he said he got the Jefferson, the Jefferson jersey in his basement. And, and, you know, you just run into people. And a lot of influential people in his neighborhood was a lot different. But a lot of people went. So we wanted to come here and bring that back. And I think we did a good job, you know what I'm saying, doing that. And, um, and then today was a special day here when we got kids like Jaquan signed a four-year scholarship, a kid from the community. And his mom and his dad are here, and they get the chance to, to watch him play in that nice arena campus at Hofstra, and they don't have to pay a dime. And when I Google the tuition, tuition's like 58000 58, and that's not even count like room and board and, and all books, the other that's stuff. That's right, that's right. So you're looking at 250000 and he's a kid that definitely deserves it. So I think, I mean, it's a good thing that we're here in the community, and kids don't have to go far. You can make it right here. Or oh, you said the, right before him, Sitting on the St. John's. Yeah, you get Still me. right yeah, here in New York City. And right, right now, St. Rashid Dunn. Shamari Pons. Shamari Pons, but also on our team was Rashid Dunn, who's a senior at St. John's right. now. And he's their best player. And we, we have a list of them from Isaiah Dees from down the block and that was just graduated from LaSalle. And there's a whole lot of guys. I'm from Keith Spellman in Jamaica, and those guys That's just right. started it. You know what I'm saying? When I came from Bed Stuy, because I'm from Bed Stuy originally. My family went to Jeff. My family right here from Livonia and Sheffield. And, um, not Livonia, um, Riverdale and Sheffield. And um, they all went here, they, but they played football. You know, so it, it felt good to come back for them to see me here, a pilot here, doing what I do and being successful and changing things around. And it makes me feel good when people come back and they know how it used to be and how it used to look and how they see it now. You know what I'm saying? I told you, I saw the 1983-84, and this should look like a jail. <laughs> For real. And I'm not just saying it just to be trying to sound nice on camera. I was telling Bud this earlier. When we played here, the floors are slippery. It, they, they had cages everywhere. It just looked like someplace you didn't want to sit in your kid at the time. Right? So the revamping he has done, uh, the changing of the culture, uh, 
how long did it take you, right, from day one to start seeing winning results? Well, I think after the first year, I think when we first came here, um, the staff and everything and the vision, we had an athletic department meeting with the principal. Um, Mac McDonald was the principal then. He was a great, he was a great girls coach at Manhattan Center. Mm -hmm. He was the principal here, so they used to win it. All right, have a seat. So when he, um, when he, when he, gave us the, when he gave us a job in the program and we told them the, we told the coaches in the meeting our vision and where we trying to go like for example there was no bleachers in here no. everything it was like it was everything no. was like we had to get everything out of here no. from the past Facts. it was like it was it, and it was a bunch of garbage and stuff yeah, up it, there. it was it was crazy so yeah we had to get the lights we had to get them to believe so you know we had to put our work in use our resources you know what I'm saying god bless the dead mr lord helped us out a little bit when we first got here with uniforms we didn't have nothing we started with nothing. We didn't have a basketball. We didn't have nothing. Went to Mr. Lawrence, we got some basketballs, some uniforms, and then we started working, selling peanuts, popcorn, hustling, people helping here and there. And then as we started to win, you know, people started seeing, believing and believing and seeing, they started helping. And then, you know, one day we was going to the garden, I brought in the councilman Barron, and he was like, hey, we got one, I need you to come here. I said, yo, there's no way we have all these people that come through here in a type of program, but our facilities are the worst in the city and look like this. He said, you're right, I'm gonna send my girl down here, tell her what you need, and sure enough, he came through. You know what I'm saying? He put millions of dollars in the facility. You know, he changed everything in here, in the gyms. All right, guys, good night. All right, so he changed everything in the facility. He changed everything. Um, and as far as the pool, and he helped us. You know, he just finished up the weight room last year, so he's been doing this for over the last five or six years. You know what I'm saying? He started up, like I said, with the gyms, weight pool, and those things take years to, you know, to go through the border red, border ed red tape. So salute to him, you know, still believing in the vision and helping out. Definitely. Salute to Councilman Barron and all he have done. And even, uh, do you know he's part of the Black Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, he took. He, a, he, he's, he's been fighting for a long time for us in our yeah, community. Yeah, he, we 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 won the state championship in 2016. He honored us up at the at the house at the state house up, stayed in front of all the politicians, and he got up there and he said that speech. Man, everybody was like, "Oh, I was nervous." Like, but he he's a he's a strong brother, man. Yes. I, and you gotta love him, man, because he forced people, man. He say what he say and he mean what he say. That's right. That's you know? right. So when y'all see that picture of him holding up that trophy. That was that special year. Oh yeah, when definitely. When he took everything, man. That How was, was that feeling, man? Just I mean, it was good hug. because you know you you know I lost like three or four. Yes. Maybe maybe five. <laughs> my championship record sucks, man. I'm like <laughs> one and eight in the garden. But you gotta be in it to win it. Yeah, That's I'm like I'm one saying. and eight. I lost like I think I lost five or six and won that one and won the state. But um, yeah, I think I'm like I'm like six and like one and six, one and five. But hey, at least I'm getting there, but my record there suck. I lost two by one. I should have won last year. I would have had a good chance last year, and definitely I hopefully we can get some basketball in this year. I think I got a good chance. But I always got a pretty much chance because of the culture here, and we work hard. And one thing they do, they give us gym time. You can't replace gym time and hard work. So That's we right. always going to have a chance as long as we got those, those two things put together. But um, it felt good. I mean, it felt good. But you know what? The pain, the joy of winning, the joy of winning is nothing like the pain of losing. Because yes. even when I won it, I, I was more so happy that I didn't lose, so I wasn't sad. <laughs> like when you lose, when you lose a chip, like you go home, like that night, it seemed like it's always sunny, and it's a, that night never ends. That next morning you wake up, it's like the worst morning in the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Then, then you know, my, everybody know, oh, but they come to school two or three days. So you know, I don't take days off, and right. then you know, then it, then it lingers on like a bad toothache, you know. And then hopefully, then as summer get around, you start because remember it's like March, so you just wait for the rest of the year to be over so you can get back to it next year. But when I won it, I was like, "Whoo!" At least I ain't depressed the next day. So That's it wasn't right. really celebratory. We didn't really celebrate. I mean, we celebrated. We did it up for the kids, but it was just more of a release that we didn't lose. So it's, it, and I, and I, it's hard, man. Somebody got to lose those games. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, you got to be in it to win it. Um, that's important. And, and a lot of people don't even get that chance. Yeah. You know, to say, you know, you won a city championship, either as a player or a coach, a lot of people are sitting back now saying they wish they won one. Yeah. 
And a lot of people, what I realized, like I explained to the kids, you know, you give that speech to them, like, listen, you guys got to play in the garden, the Barclay, you know, and no, a lot of kids don't don't get to experience no. that, and you know, no. and Plays, we, we 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 try to give our kids here as many experiences as possible because we know sometimes where they come from, what they go through. So, like every year, like this year, even with Jaquan, our guys, this year it's a little down because every year we usually get on a plane and go somewhere for Christmas. Mm. You know, since so we pride ourselves like trying to go to the West Coast. Last year we went to Vegas. The year before we went to Phoenix. So you know we get those guys out there see a Suns game. And you know, one year we took the team to Puerto Rico, you know, and um, Cell and myself, we, um, we went like 5,000 apiece. Wow. We could, and we took the team to Puerto Rico. We ended up losing to Damatha, and Damatha was kind of loaded. They had like the, they had um, um, Open Depot, what's his name from? Ola Depot. Ola Depot. They had him, they had the Grant okay. Brothers, they had Kyle Cook, Quinn Cook. They had about five or six pros on that Damatha team. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So we, we went out there and took them out there and, and just good experiences, man. And we played against a lot of tough guys over the year. And I, just, I like to take the guys out of New York mm -hmm. to play against the best around the country. And, you know, our guys pretty much represent well and represent the town well. So let's go back to our conversation we had months ago where we talked about the culture of New York City, right? Uh -huh. The first question I want to talk about is why do other guys from other boroughs don't come to Brooklyn to play? Well, you know what? Brooklyn is considered a, 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 a tough place to play as far as the commute, the, the, path, the pathways you have to go to get to the gym, and the pathways you have to leave. A lot of the wolves are in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Even if you come here, like you, you played here. Like when I played in high school, you know what I'm saying? We worry about the, 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 the commute from the game more than we worry about to the game. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Like, you know, and then when you, like, you know, I, I was never one of those type of guys, but. You know what I'm saying? It's just part of part of Brooklyn basketball. You know, they said Manhattan make it, Brooklyn take it, Queen. But you know, that song. <laughs> at 11 years old, you was traveling to different boroughs, getting. But the I game wasn't on. scared because I wasn't into a lot of things that other guys are into. I wasn't scared because you know what I'm saying. I wasn't raised like that. Like my grandmother, you know, bug go outside and play, and I go come back bleeding, bloody, whatever happened, you know, patch it up, go back out there. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I was able to. You know, they gave me that freedom. I'm, I'm glad they did. I was able to explore and learn a lot, you know what I'm saying? But I think just, you know, just Brooklyn, it's a lot goes on in Brooklyn. It's a, it's a big borough, a lot of people. And, um, you know, and, you know, when you're walking through certain neighborhoods, the problem with people that from outside of Brooklyn, when you're walking through Brooklyn, the people from Brooklyn know you're not from Brooklyn. Mm. So when they see you, you like, you like food. Mm. It's like a wolf. Oh, this guy right here, this guy. Like, you, you know, you know who's who and who you're you from. Like, you know, you know people from, that's not from New York City. You right. know people from Long Island. You know a Harlem guy. You know right, a Brooklyn right, right. guy. Even in Brooklyn, you know a Flatbush guy from a Best Star guy. True, you know what I'm true. saying? So, I mean, I think people know. And then, you know, kids prey on kids, you know, in certain areas, in certain communities, even if you're from the same borough. So, you know, and a lot of times in, Bro in Brooklyn, around our parks, our parks are always surrounded by, by projects. So, you know what happens? Like, you know, when like everybody couldn't come to Brevoid and facts, play. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. You come to Brevoid and play the crowd, talk shit. If you got out of line or something happened, you got to walk through them projects to the train, to That's Ralph, right. to Fulton. So, you know, it's a lot to come with that, you know? True, true. What, 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 what can you say as a coach as far as New York, right? New York basketball and where it's at right now and where we should be going. <clears throat> What do you think we need to do to, to get to that next level? Well, I don't know if I have the answer to this, but I, I think one of the problems <coughs> with New York, we have, we have too many teams. We have too many, like when I, when I was coming up, it was- High school teams or AAU teams? Well, both. It's a thousand <laughs> high schools now. Inside of high school, it's a thousand high schools. Now, inside of high school, you got more than one high school team. Like we're Jefferson campus now. So we got four high schools in here. We have one team. Some high schools that are campuses have more than one team. Facts. So now you got to split gym time, schedule time. So that takes away. And then you got too many coaches that are coaching for all the wrong reasons. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some they going to coach for the money, for the pension. It's pensionable. They're not really coaching for the love. Like, you know, coaching for the love. But I think the, it's too many, it's like I said, too many teams, too many AAU teams. Because back in the days, you had to be a certain player. Like, I meant to bring you a clip, but I sent you some of them, like, from Golden Hoops. 
Like you had to be on the Riverside Bronco. Like yes, yes, I remember yes. Aim High got in for the first year. Yes, gave it was us, only like three or four teams. Yeah, Aim High that first year they right. got in and they killing us. They killing us and Mike Pollard is killing us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. in a couple, it was just, you know what I'm saying? It was, it, it was tough and they, those guys didn't really travel like we traveled around the country. But you know, it was just, it was, and then you had to, it, we traveled 10 deep. We was, it was 10 major college players on your team. Right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't so just you, one or two. It wasn't just one or two, and everybody played it. We never had a problem with people playing, people being selfish, and we was trying to win, and we was trying right. to represent. You know, and um, we was all well taken care of by, by, you know, by our coaches, but it was just, it was, a, it was the competition was better. You know what I'm saying? And the quality of the teams that we put out that left the town was better. You wasn't, we didn't leave, the Gauchos didn't leave the town with, 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 with two players and seven mediocre players. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're playing against whatever team in whatever town, you're playing against that, the best. Right. You're not playing against one of the best with eight guys that shouldn't be on the team. Nah. So I think, that, and then I think also the, the adults, the adults and the people that are mentoring, coaching the kids, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they're doing a good job, but I think they're doing more harm than good. And we could talk about that later because that's, a, that's Listen, another subject. I, I just want to say what you've been doing. I, I'm very proud of you. You mm -hmm. know, I watch you come up. Um, as a ball player, then transitioned to a coach, and now you're one of the top coaches in our city. And I want to say thank you, brother. Keep thank doing you. a good job, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. No doubt. So take this around, coach. Oh, so good. I mean, you see the gym, you see the banners. Right. The banners. So um, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to you. We're going to go to the locker room. We're going to start. Is that door open? Is that door open down there, Mallory? Now I'm gonna go down there. This is how our kids, man, we go to lock and we start that practice. Listen, I, I, I want the camera to break once we start going to these rooms, man. This shit is just awesome. All right? Yeah, good. This is cursing, but this is just good. Good, so, you know, I, I can take Glenn. Right here, we get my half time. Yeah, we get a commercial from under all of them. This is where we come out. Our game, our game calls right here on the board. Old school tough niggas, man. Yeah, I'm genocide this thing where I work at right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we do our old school. That's so what we do our once a day. It's possible. We ain't been on lock in here in months, man. And this is something that Coach put together personally himself with the staff. Make something special for the kids. They know they have a real program. This is what we do. We try to come in here and clean the locker after these times. These times are dirty. You know? What we do, we come in here and we um, always set the lock. We put they make sure they practice gear is in the um, in a locker, we wash it every day. And up here every year, I started this in uh, 2007. One, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Yeah, I started this in 2007 with the mini bands. Oh, this for every year. I gotta go back for my first four or five years. I gotta update that. I gotta update that right there. And, and this is something you gotta build before you get a, a, a really successful program. People think these programs just come, you know, overnight. No, it, it took a lot of building. Yeah. All right. And, and before, did you start in 2007, or that's nah, when it started? That, that's that, that's when I started. That's when I built this locker room. So when I built the locker room, I came up with an idea, but I never ever got to finish those years. Now that I'm looking at it now that we're talking about it. I gotta go back and add those first four or five years. Mm. When I got this locker room, that's the year I got the locker room, 2007. No so when I started the renovation in here with the locker room, 2007. So you walk in here, you got those stands on the wall. Everywhere, everywhere, when you walk around the gym, the facilities, the workout facilities, there's always sayings, right? Something to be motivated by. And as a ball player, you constantly have to be motivated or you'll lose your as we say, je ne sais quoi. Uh-huh. Like I show. 
Listen, we'll be going down. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. The Jets, the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, they can bring their team here and work out a whole summer and not be missing anything. Probably except for masseuse or something like that. Was this pool always here? It was always here. Yeah. It was big as the school been built, but you know, and then I think it went down in the eighties. So they basically did what they did. Crazy, you know what I'm saying? Um, everything is hot and salt water, not what we used to. Councilman put um, 250000 in here. So, you know, this is 250000 get you. You got everything in here that you need. Let me just pick these up. They're orange, man. Look, G. Come on, G. <laughs> you got everything you need here. You can take a walk around and look at all the things. This, man? <laughs> this is crazy. You know, you got to just walk around, look and see if, if, you're not, if you're not winning, you're in the way. Ten things that require zero talent. And both gyms have mirrors, right? So nah, no mirrors. Right? And look nice, look the part. The guy said, he said, he said, we, we got to put mirrors in here. I said, no mirrors. Yeah. I want nobody. I want nobody here. In the, I want nobody in here looking in the mirrors, looking pretty. Nothing but work. Being on time, work ethic, effort, body language. Yep. Youngsters, let me tell you how important body language is, right? I was at a game between Vatican and Boys High. We had a side with college coaches, Tom Kachowski, the head refs of the PSAL, and Benjamin Vatican is giving Khalil Bradley the business, knocking them all over the ground. And one thing that I remember hearing some of the people in the background saying, including Tom Kachowski, was his body language, even though he wasn't getting the calls. Now we can say the same thing for Juan Carlos, because I've seen that happen to him as well. But just call. Get fouled, get pushed to the ground, but his body language is intact. It's showing you that he's a player focused on the mission. So he's keeping his body language intact. Energy, attitude, passion, being coachable. Nobody can coach you. It's a wrap, man. Doing the extra. And be prepared, so you don't ever have to get prepared. Yep. It's dope, man. And last time, when you walk, when you walk in, you look up this time, we love the grind, right here. You know what I'm saying? So we like, we like to do a lot of custom stuff. Everything is fantasy ball, man. This is, you're not finding this in other facilities. Everything, you know, everything we do, we got to do the ropes. We got everything else you need. Everything is custom. Most of the biggest thing that you want to do is you want to add a weight room in here. 
and was it custom made? Woo! This is, you got the pull-up ball. Yeah, you two pull-up machines right there. You got the plyo right there, jumping boxes in wow. the middle. So we got, we got, we leave, we left this space open for the exercise on the team and the plyo boxes. It's six of them right there, so we can get our jumping on. And like you said, on this board right here, everything is custom. So now we walk, we walk up here. Not only did Mr. Barron, he did that, we did that gym over. We did this gym over right here. And then one, one thing they came down was the floor, but that's a story for another day. Right. <laughs> when they came in here to do the floor, right. Good. Okay. So, you got glass all around, you got a regular size court, and you got glass all around. Then we come out. Oh, this that that athlete board, right? I was talking about. Yeah. This is great. So you're going, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these on board, there's a lot of famous people. Right. And, um, people that perceive these people from CEOs, the Goldman Sachs CEO, the more that they find these on board over there. Wow. Fortune North, Donald Fortune North is on the other side. You know, the store fortune of your child. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, you were just talking about this. Oh, no, I'm just Let me tell you. I was doing some research on Jefferson and, and Bud and his winning, you know, coaching career, and I ran into this guy, Noam Terrain. They had a huge article in the New York Times about him and said he was one of the best guards to ever come out of New York City. And Bob Cousy, there's another, uh, I think he went to Jackson, right? Well, he was a Jackson or Rapids. Yes, they think he went to Jackson. If I'm wrong, you know, we'll clear that later. But they said Nelson Terrain was better than him. So we want to definitely highlight and feature, you know, our guys who paved the way for New York City basketball that we kind of forgot about. But we want to make sure we never forget about Thomas Jefferson. Because when I bring up who's the one in this program in New York City, no one knows that it's Dwayne Clayton. No yeah. one. Right? So we want to make sure in our era, when we preserve this history of New York City basketball, they don't forget about Coach Lawrence Bud Pollard and what he did for Tom Jefferson yeah. in his second go around. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of guys, I think, that that they that we not talk about and it's impossible. Like everybody say the greatest, so we say the Stefan. I said I thought Pearl the greatest. Yes. I, I said something about Stefan, because I felt Stefan was a longer pro. Yeah. But then I'm thinking like, well you can't take away Pearl is definitely the greatest. But even to the, the culture and Mel Ma Ma Tinsley was a better pro than Pearl. So a lot of pro players all through So 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 do we do we is the measurement how long you became a pro? No. Or, 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 I, I, the reason why I mentioned Pearl being the best, yeah, he because he shifted the culture. Like when you're a person who shifted the culture. No, no play I think electrified basketball coaching like Pearl. And I ever. Now when you speak to the old old times, they might say somebody else. Yeah, some old times. I don't know that we we have the knowledge and the background to, to talk about people. That came forth. No. A lot of great players. That's right. A lot of great players from New York City that were troubles and Hall of Famers and that we don't know, we never seen. So right. we only can go by what we've seen in our era. Yes. So you know what I'm saying? Like people now they talk about the Jordans and the Bronx. I go, I'm going with magic. If I can say, I can say, I'm sitting my, my New York City guy and say, Lou Arsenal. Because he won on all levels. High school he won, he won in college, and he won in the pros. He was the all time leading scorer. But because, you know, he he doesn't he, he wasn't a guy who usually guards get the most credit. They don't usually give big guys to go. They don't give big guys. But he had that first of all, and we don't give credit to the hook shot. Yeah. The unstoppable blockable shot. Right? He the leading scorer in NBA history with one move, basically. Man. He never shot threes. He never shot threes. So that was even doing with twos. <laughs> 
than a guard. So basketball is basically a guard game. Yes. But you know, as it evolved, the, the big guys tend to move out, and he was a lot more physical. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot of history in a lot of these public schools. I mean, this is just one of them. But you go through these schools from the James Madison to Fly Williams. That's right. To, 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 to a lot of people in Brownville. In Brownville. Yeah. And these areas got the great players. So I think we leave a lot of them out. But, I mean, you can talk about who you know who you like. Look, I, I try to do the research the best I can yeah. to make sure that every week I highlight someone that played in New York City basketball 20 and 30 years ago, yeah. maybe 40 years ago. I'm having this one gentleman question, oh, oh, before I say it, because I want to forget his name. I'm having this one gentleman on. He's trying to set the schedule. He's a supersonic great, but he's also a John Jay High School great. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Don Smith, but he goes by the name of Z uh, Zayed uh, Abdul Aziz now. Mm -hmm. And He's going to be in a Seattle this weekend with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. My God's going to let me know he's from Brooklyn. He played for Seattle Superstar. So this we going way back. Yeah. I just posted him uh, yesterday. Yeah. And we, we, we get him on the show, definitely. All right. All right. But this is a guy who I didn't know about until his nephew contacted me. It was like, yo, my uncle played for John Jay. He also played in the NBA. John Smith. Yeah, well, I've been doing I've been doing some research because when the All Star game was here, they had a poster of all the pros in New York City and Brooklyn. I was like, well, Jeff had most, most of the pros. Jeff, y'all, y'all, it goes, it goes, Clinton, Thomas Jefferson, like a Malloy, Malloy, Lasalle Lincoln. Yeah, I was so you guys are number two. I'm like, wow. Y'all said that no, yep. Thomas Jefferson is number two as far as sending the most players to the NBA in New York City. It's I think one of my AD said we have the most professional athletes out of any high schools in the country. Y'all probably two. Y'all probably have. We consider all the sports. Yes. Otis Wilson to the to the all mother guys to the you know from boxers from the great bowl to. You know, people don't understand Lloyd Gaines when Lloyd Gaines yes. didn't, I want to say in the class, we're ready to go. Listen, Lloyd Daniel gave us 29 in 1980. We were freshmen that year, right? Freshmen, we were both freshmen. And we were both freshmen, we were both sophomores, we were both juniors. We won it that year. Lloyd dropped out, went down to Longburg. Came back and ended up in Jackson for a couple of years. No, that was the Jackson year, the 86 year when we, when we won it. He was at Jackson. Mm -hmm. They played. Against Cardoza and they lost. But we'll talk about that off camera. And I want a question for you. <laughs> we talking about that. I want to ask you, what makes somebody a, a, a legend? Because mm. a lot of people go, oh, I was a legend, or oh, he's a legend. Everybody can't get that legend status. No. So what makes, what's your, what's your criteria for a legend? One of my criteria is moving the culture. Moving the culture. The basketball culture. So pretty, but, pretty much. You want to say like bringing bringing something to the table, bringing something to the table that somebody else knows about. Right, right, right. Somebody who, who also exemplified uh, their basketball excellence outside of the city as well. Not only inside the city, but also and they you know came back and did it here. They had to do it here first, and then go outside the city. So you go outside the city. Yes. Yep. Got to do it here first to go outside the city. Now you know this guy right here. Leroy Ellis was a St. John great and played for, um, for both of these Leroy and Tony Jackson two years for all Americans and was in the St. John's Hall of Fame. Tony Jackson was my coach's hero. Yeah. My coach, Bobby Hartstein. I got him on camera saying this, that his favorite player in Brooklyn and New York at all times was a guy who went to his school was Tony Jackson. You know, Leroy Ellis' son was the far Ellis who played really? in Kentucky, who went yeah, to play yeah. in the pros. That's his, that's his father. Wow. So he got Brooklyn ties. A lot of these guys got Brooklyn that's ties. Right. You know, a lot of these guys got Brooklyn ties. What made you ask me that question? What? The, the legend. The legend because because I, I, think we, we, I should do a show just on that. Because a lot of people, a lot of people say, oh, great, legend, great. When you, you, when, you the, when you use the word great and legend, like I know guys who put legend on their name, we never got a JV ball. 
True. You know what I'm saying? Like, True. you know, now we, we older, they talk about how good they was, but when you, we was outside and we was playing, we was around, you wasn't around. Yes. But no, now, no. now, when you tell a story 30, 40 years later, there's nobody to verify your existence. Right. So, you know, it's basically your boy and mom, but I don't remember certain guys. I have to say, but you know, Instagram and social media is a lot. Yes. A lot of guys, oh, I was a legend, I was nice. Where? When? Right. Where was I at? I was around those times. Right. And I was a kid that I wasn't just a book. I was playing all over the city. Right. But I'm just curious. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do a hashtag. No, knocking off, you're not a legend. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, knocking off, you're not a legend. Hashtag, knocking no, off, buddy. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And, 